day of Christmas my true love sent to me. Welcome to episode one of the 12 Days of Pro Wrestling Moments, aptly named Last Month in Wrestling History. And Merry Christmas to one and all. For those listening today on Christmas Day, I hope this show gives you some temporary relief, either from spending time with your wretched families or perhaps something more sad and difficult that no jo- is no joking matter for me or my co-host. I wrote these notes weeks ago and I don't remember what attempted jokes I've got in there. Uh, and speaking of co-hosts, the star, in inverted commas, of 14 other This Month in Wrestling Histories is with me today. He's kept up his 100% record of being late for all podcast recordings, even though it's only five minutes today. Dan, how are you doing? And thanks so much for getting up early and recording this on Christmas Day. I am great. Merry Christmas, one and all. Mm. Who would have thought we'd have time to record this on Christmas Day? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we, I, I don't. I mean, I know quite a lot of your family, so they, they wouldn't be described as wretched at all, would they? Very nice people. Yeah, no comment. Yeah. <laughs> right. The reason we're doing this show is, as you'll know from following the UWF the final years recently, uh, there was a lot of hype during the autumn or fall for our American viewers for this Starcade. And it also features some pretty heavy UWF involvement. So why not? As the podcast proper calls time, or I'm sure you'll agree, has been a beyond magnificent four-year run. Go back and do one more this month in history, albeit we're cheating a bit, as the event in question took place in November 1987, hence the last bit. So, Starcade 1987, Shy Town Heat, took place in front of a crowd of approximately 8,000 people at the UIC Pavilion in Chicago, Illinois, on Thanksgiving afternoon, Thursday, November the 26th, 1987, and attracted approximately 20,000 pay-per-view buys in a drastically reduced pay-per-view universe due to Vince McMahon's predatory business practices, the old C-U-N-T. Uh, first, <laughs> got to get that out there straight away. We're going big. Christmas. Wow. Yeah, happy wow. Christmas. Yeah, happy Christmas. Um, focusing around <laughs> the first Survivor Series and him telling cable companies they wouldn't be able to host WrestleMania 4 if they aired the Crockett Show, which basically pretty much all the cable companies, apart from, I think, four, just said, all right, fine. Um, the first shot of the arena made the place look pretty impressive, I thought, and Tony Giovanni and Jim Ross were shown on a little stage at one end of, of the arena with a desk. And up first was Jimmy Garvin and Michael Hayes, uh, and they were out along with Precious to a great reaction with Bad Street USA playing. Uh, the ring had around it all the scaffolding for a later match and also had TWN for the Wrestling Network on the apron. So what do you think of this little open before we go into the first match? I, do you know what? It said it was happening in Chi-Town, yeah? Yes. And CM Punk didn't come out. No, I didn't, didn't know what was going on. There was an event in Chicago and that bloke <laughs> didn't turn up. I, did, I thought that was standard behaviour. I thought, if it's in Chicago, this guy's rocking up. That's what happens. Um, so that was a nice change. 
Um, why? I don't understand why you're blas- you, you, you blaspheme <laughs> shit CM Punk more than once in my virtual <laughs> company over recent weeks. I don't really... Are you not a fan? Or did you kind right. of miss his key run in WWE? Is that kind of the... You're a bit I like, I don't really get it. WWE. Yeah, okay. I and uh, I guess he says lots of things and then goes back on them all the time. And uh, do you know what he is? He's a showman. He knows what he's doing. Fair play. Yeah, he does, yeah. Someone's like, he'll never work for AEW again. If they pay him enough money, he might. Who knows? Oh, of course he would. I think this one's it, though. But we are 13. We are. What, I mean, spoiler not, not wherever the Bucks are, actually. That's terribly weird. Yeah, not, not the Bucks. Not where the Bucks are. I mean, um, I, I I very much hope he hasn't. I mean, we are recording this, so, you know, look behind the curtain 12 days before Christmas Day. It's possible he's punched what? someone. and Yeah, sorry, sorry. <laughs> it's possible he's punched someone and been fired by now, by the time this yeah, exactly. is out. So, yeah. yeah. Um, this, this I, I would say one thing about this event. The last podcast I was on, they, all they could talk about was this. Yeah. And it felt like a pay-per-view. Like the f- fans were chanting. I don't know. It had a just. It had a real aura about it. I, I was. I was. I was quite excited. Yeah. Yeah. No, I thought. I thought the look of the show looked really good at the start. Um, yeah. So the first match was Eddie Gilbert's. Uh, it wasn't Scott Steiner. It was Rick Steiner, wasn't it? Eddie Gilbert, Rick Steiner, Rick. and Larry Zabisky. I put Scott and Larry Zabisky with Baby Doll versus Sting, Michael Hayes, and Jimmy Garvin. Um, unfortunately, opposite the hard cam, there were quite a lot of empty seats as this one got going, which made it look a tiny bit bush league after a strong open. And you certainly wouldn't get that now with the way tickets are sold for arenas. Um, it was a slightly grating uh, with that visual and Jim Ross saying it was standing room only. Uh, and this was a bit of a weird team for the babyface who was Sting along with Hayes and Garvin. Um, Sting did a plancher of some description over the top rope in the early game, which the director managed to completely miss. Um, I thought there was some decent stuff in this, particularly when Rick Steiner was on the offense. Um, it felt fairly obvious that they started announcing the time left that a time limit draw was on the cards. And that's what we got in 15 minutes. Uh, the crowd were into Hayes and Sting particularly, but quite the unsatisfying finish. Um, solid middling, it was okay category for me to open. Dan, what did you think of this opener? Yeah, so, I mean, six-man tag... I mean, to open a pay-per-view, we've seen that so many times. The ultimate, we need to get these people on the card, but we don't know what. Yeah. So let's just whack them all in the ring. And that sums up what you touched upon there. Who was the face team? Who was the heel team? There was just, they just banded six blokes together. Well, Sting and Hayes and Garvin were the faces here. Yeah. Yeah. But then, but then Hayes, in the whole time we've been watching this, has always been the heel. Yeah. Yeah, he's so re- right he now, turned babyface recently, but yeah, I know what yeah, you mean. He's, he's, yeah, it yeah. It didn't feel like anyone really knew. I did. No. I noticed that um, that they the, the the ring announcer said this is Sting, which I always yeah. thought was Tony Schiavone's catchphrase, but he's nicked it off that ring announcer. Yeah, yeah, big time. I didn't realize that, and then I just made a point, which I sort of tweeted the other day about it is pretty mad that I'm watching Sting on this, and I'm mm. still watching him now, and he's still. I know he's limited now, but he's still got it. It's not like when The Undertaker came back and he was like, oh, he's got to do it in like, like he looks like he's about to break bone, like his own bones this time. Well, Undertaker was about 15 years younger. Yeah. Yeah. Sting's been been very good in his run in AEW, definitely. Yeah. So I, when they announced the seven minutes, I was like, why have they done that? However, I would say that every match on the card, they announced the time. Yes. They announced, yeah. every, they announced every five minutes, whereas this yeah. one, they announced 7, 10, 12. Oh, did they? That's interesting. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, they announced it like a lot more frequently. Um, 
There was a woman in the front row with a replica title belt on. Oh, really? I just found really novel. So I thought that was a new thing. Yeah, I think that's a new thing. Do you think she made it? She's made it. Yeah, I think she's Um, made. She's either she's made it or she's got too much money and she's got someone to make it for her. Basically, I think. Um, Baby doll was holding something interesting in her hand. I thought it was a purse, but it looked a bit more. I don't know. It looked like it was ten inches. Oh God! (laughs) (laughs) Um. <laughs> from the which I was a bit like because also the names of the, the women baby doll and yeah you know, precious things, yeah things have moved on so much <laughs> um yeah I actually put here for baby doll was she holding her post-match entertainment oh my god um, <laughs> 10 minutes after the 10 minutes announcement all of a sudden so so you know there's five minutes left all the holds start to begin yeah so that's, uh, we've had this before I think when we've watched ones where we're like in 45 seconds left. Bunkhouse Stampede. Go... The next yeah, the next pay-per-view is the worst pay-per-view I've yeah. ever seen. And that we did that a couple of years ago. Yeah, in the archives, check that out. 45 seconds left. Steiner goes for a bear hug. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did I did like when Gilbert um when Hayes was tagged in and Gilbert ran over and he like fronted it as in like he was genuinely scared. Um and it set up quite an exciting finish, but you knew at time limit draw was coming. I, I thought it was fairly enjoyable. Two, six very technically gifted wrestlers. Yeah, I would have it as okay. It was, it yeah, was fun. yeah, we're it in the same. A, it was very. Oh, it was very back to what you know. It's a pay per view. You start with a match just to get people, just to get the juices flowing. Get your, get your, dip your toe in. Yeah. Now, are the juices going to continue to flow in the next match when the most prestigious world title in all of wrestling? was up for grabs. It's Dr. Death Steve Williams defending his UWF World Heavyweight title against Barry Windham. Um, the entrance music for both men was a 100% dubbed over by some weird stock stuff here. Uh, Williams had his soon as 76 jersey on, but did not get all that big of a reaction from the crowd, which made me feel a bit sad as this was obviously our guy. Um, the crowd were hard on this in the early going with a few boring chants, and they did not at all like the two not going at it on the outside when they spilled out there. Um, things turned a bit though when Dr. Death tried to do a leapfrog and ended up smashing his balls directly into Wyndham's head which got a big, re- big reaction um, Wyndham let Williams recover a bit and he was blatantly standing there holding his package in his left hand I'm not really sure what was supposed to happen but I suspect that whole section was a result of a botch um, Wyndham took a phenomenal looking bump after missing a cross body block that ended up with him flying over the top rope and hitting the table on the outside Williams looked on still holding his injured package then out of nowhere Williams cradled him to retain the title in six minutes and 50 seconds which the crowd absolutely hated and I didn't care much for either Wyndham's right shoulder seemed to be obviously up as well in the pinfall Uh, Williams would defend the title one more time against Terry Taylor on the show on a show on December the 12th 1987 and that would though again spoiler alert he did appear in the last UWF television show with the title around his body I can't remember if it's waist or shoulder Um, it wasn't defended again I couldn't find anywhere how it was explained why this championship was no more. And I hate to say it, but what an awful way for this title that had been held in various forms by so many big stars to basically go out. This is a skip for me. What did you think of uh, Williams versus Wyndham here? Um, I think I took a little bit of a different take on it um, about the per- about the finish. Mm. And I mean, you've now sort of gone to say, in essence, that nothing really came from it. But I, yeah. I weren't sure if this was setting something up. Um I thought I didn't know that the music was dubbed, so, so I've actually got a note here to say solid rock music. <laughs> um, this, this, um, 
yeah, I think I've put it as one for the purists uh, with these two. And I think what we learned was the crowd in Chi-Town maybe weren't purists. Yeah. Uh, with instant booing, instant shouts of boring. <laughs> I mean, come on, guys, give it a... Like, yeah, we're talking know, about like, Also, Wyndham. Um, Wyndham is someone they knew as well. So I, I didn't really get that. I like, it, was, yeah, it was very harsh, um, yeah. I just feel for Dr. Death because I'm pretty sure if I ever wrestled and I tried to hurdle someone, I would end up in the same situation that he ended up in <laughs> with someone hurtling into my package. Yes. Um, Have you seen the Maxine Dupree and Rhea Ripley thing from Raw this week? I don't want to do too much present day stuff, but have you seen it at all? No, no. They they tried, I think they had a two minute match and they messed up every single spot they had. She tried to do the thing where, you know, where, um, you know, like a powerbomb spot, but then they reverse it into Hurricane Rana. So yes. they, they tried it once and botched it. And then Maxine Dupree just kind of fell off her and like fell on the, fell on the floor, but Rhea had to take a bump. And then she didn't get up for a riptide finish either. It was absolutely atrocious. So yeah, it was uh, it was much worse than this package to the face. Yeah, I quite I did I did like, however, Barry Windham's sort of missed splash mm. and threw the ropes onto the table. I did like that. Now, this is where I thought there was a bit more of a story because when Dr. Death got caught, Barry Windham sort of left him and let him recover. Right. Now Probably a botch, whatever, but he let him recover. Yeah. And he was the sportsman. Yeah. Uh, you, you rest, you rest. When Wyndham went outside and tried to come back in the ring, death just went boom, done. Yeah. 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 Gave him yeah. no time to recover. And I put the long lines of, is this going to be some sort of heel turn, like a turn? Yeah. And this was going to be a long running feud because Wyndham's allowed him to get to recuperate and he's done the opposite. He's gone. And I thought that was the point of this, the ending. That's yeah. what I thought, how I read it. To which I was like, maybe there's a story here. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I mean, ultimately, in regards to, like, match on its own, um, I would have it as a skip. But if I knew it went on to lead to a story, I mean, you know, one thing Barry Windham, he might have lost that match, right? But in the famous words of many football teams, in slightly use it differently... The Western States Heritage Champion, you'll never sing that. <laughs> oh, um, my God. Yeah, it's true. Who the hell is... What, what is that? <laughs> yeah. The Western States. Oh, you're the you're champion of the Western States. No, 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 no. Heritage. What? <laughs> um, yeah, you never see it. The other thing, um, the only question I had on this one was as follows. Dr. Death, Dr. Dre, Dr. Pepper, Dr. Seuss, Dr. Who... Who would you, if you actually were in hospital, want to operate on you to save your life? To operate on me? <laughs> well, they're all doctors. Yeah, I suppose they are. Name the list again. Dr. Death, Dr. Dre, Dr. Pepper. Yeah. Dr. Seuss, Dr. Who. Well, I never really watched Dr. Who, but has Dr. Who got special powers? Yeah, see, I think maybe I should take... I didn't watch Dr. Who either. No. I think everyone would say Dr. Who. Get Dr. Who out of the question. Dr. Okay. Death, Dr. Dre, Dr. Pepper, Dr. Seuss. I want um I want to know if Doctor Who's got special powers. Uh, he's got psychometric t- telepathy, uh, so he's capable oh. of using uh, that and psychic abilities via physical contact. Yeah, him, or yes. Doctor Seuss. I think. Well, Doctor Dre would at least be somewhat entertaining, I suppose. Maybe Doctor Dre. Well, he wouldn't have lots of death. Probably the clues in the title. Yeah, no, Doctor Death wouldn't be good. And I suspect Doctor Dre might have some. Um, you know, some things to chill you out a bit for the for the operation as well, which might be quite yeah. nice. 
just, um, just giving these universities are just giving giving them away now. Yeah, they? yeah, giving out doc- giving doctorate degrees. Um, <laughs> interestingly, about Steve Williams, I looked up. So we're talking about whether he turned heel or not. Um, yeah, he didn't wrestle. Uh, so he in 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 um. 1988 so obviously this was going into 1988 he didn't wrestle in uh crockett until Mar- right at the end of march where he, where he, where he fought arn anderson because he was in new japan so he did a couple of tours of new japan yeah. one in um one in well yeah actually he did basically a tour of new japan in january and then didn't work again for a month so he took february off and most of march so yeah, there was no heel turn after that he seemed yeah. to be like, you see, i hope you see where i'm coming from this is what i yeah thought. i was trying to be too generous yeah, I mean, he. Although they, it looks like he did, they did push him a bit because he had a he had a match with Flair in the Omni in the middle of 1988, uh, and then towards the end he's still he's still wrestling heels. So yeah, I think he stayed babyface for for most of 88 by the looks. Let's just look at the end quickly. Uh, no, actually, by the end of 88 he was a heel because he was in the Varsity Club tag team with um, Kevin Sullivan. So at some point, right. late right at the latter part of the year, he um, he turned. Sorry, Kevin Sullivan. Was Varsity Club? Varsity Club, I believe, was Kevin Sullivan, Mike Rotundo, and Steve Williams. I think so. I think it was like a two okay. out of three. So, apologies for listeners for my poor knowledge on 1988 NWA. <laughs> um, anything else to add? So this was a skip from you as well, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So next up, the Skywalkers match. Two of the best in-ring tag teams of all time. So what we're going to do? We're going to stick them up on a scaffold. The rules were simple. Two men had to plummet off the cage for their team to lose. So this was the Rock and Roll Express. It was the Midnight Express with Jim Cornette and Big Bubba Rogers, I think for the United States tag team titles. Um, I've certainly seen this match before as I watched it in preparation for interviewing Ricky Morton. And I'm pretty sure I mentioned Scaffold Match on the show with him. But apologies if I did not. You can go back and let me know if I did at ProW Moments on Twitter. And that full, I think we've got three hours, maybe four, maybe even nearly four hours of Ricky Morton in the archives. Um, this scaffold was probably a solid 10 foot above the top rope minimum. And I'm guessing probably a legit 20 from the ground. So this was no joke. Uh, Bubba attacked Ricky in the early going before he got his revenge and stole Cornette's racket and took it to the top of the scaffold. Uh, the guys were over and that combined with the spectacle had the crowd invested. Um, the two ends of the scaffold, while they had rails, looked particularly dodgy uh, with the aforementioned rails kind of swinging around anytime anyone touched them. Ricky and Stan fought down one side while Eaton and a busted Gibson fought on the top with a racket. Um, Lane inexplicably tried to do the gladiators hang tough thing and get away from Morton, but he fell into the ring, leaving Eaton double teamed by both the Rock and Roll Express. Soon after, Eaton was knocked into position to be hanging from the scaffold and he fell as well for the win by the Rock and Roll Express in 10-23. Big Bubba then went up the scaffold and faced off with Morton while Gibson just exited. Morton smashed him in the balls and ran off, which the crowd enjoyed. Uh, I'm just not sure how to rate this. I mean, historically, it was a spectacle, I suppose, but not necessarily in a good way. I guess I'm going it was all right for this. Uh, what did you make of this scaffold match between the Rock and Roll Express and the Midnight Express? Um, obviously, we covered the, one of the... We've covered a scaffold before. Have we? What In, in Mid-South or...? Yeah, we covered... Uh, Rock and Roll Express doing a scaffold match against the, against the against the up yeah. not Stan Lane. It would have been Dennis Condry, I suppose. Yeah, so they showed did. one of those on the TV. Did they? I remember that time no, period? You, you had to find. We found it through like oh uh, okay, like, like Best of Houston Wrestling or something, maybe. Yeah, yeah, it was that. Um, it would have been that. Yeah, scaffold that looks like it could barely like stand up. Yeah, this is the proper scaffolding. Um, it was called a scaffold match. There, not a Skywalker's match. Yes. Um, 
because actually when it ends, um, Jim Ross said that was one of the most exciting Skywalker matches in history. Hmm. How many of, of what's it competing against? Well, they did Skywalker's. Uh, I think the Starcade previously was was Midnight Express versus um, yeah. uh, Road Warriors, wasn't it? When Cornet got injured, but they did they did when they did um, Scaffold with Rock and Roll Express versus Midnight Express. I'm pretty sure they did it everywhere. They they like went they did the town to town to town to town with it with them doing it, which is a yeah, bit, bit nuts, isn't it? Um. I was happy to see Jim Cornette. Also, the fact there's two proper tag teams, but as you've alluded to, unfortunately, we weren't going to get to see them actually wrestle. Yeah. Um, but again, I've put here the last couple of matches, one of my main memories of this, this podcast. You don't even remember it. No, uh, I don't. Sorry. I, according to Cage Match, which always can be wrong, Ricky Morton himself has done 17 career cage matches. And one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. 12, 13, 14, 15 of those took place in basically a month. So, yeah, that's pretty hard going, I think. Um, uh, when you're going to do a match like this, non-title. Oh, it was non... Sorry, it was non... It wasn't for the United States titles, was it? It was non-title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the risk for no reward. Yeah. That's Why are you ridiculous. signing up to that? I mean... Re- ridiculous yeah um so yeah i mean the, the the crowd i mean absolutely were losing their minds at certain points um i did quite like the explanation because when they're on a the scaffold you just think we'll just frame off yeah um but shivani said no i think yeah one of them said you need to wear them down because if you try and throw them off and you haven't worn them down they'll just slip you off and then the other one said ultimately they've got scores to settle yeah as in, if you just win it, well done. Like, yeah, but do you, you think? Them? Well, I always thought I, though, me, if you, with a non-title, on, you well, with a non-title match, you might as well beat them up. Mm, I think okay. So let's say let's say you were a UFC fighter or a boxer, and you were going up against your absolutely most hated rival. What more humiliation could you inflict on them by beating them really, really quickly? Minute, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. But I, I sort of. But what I would say is, at least they addressed it. You know, yeah, like you that's say fair. Now, like, yeah, commentators just there's something glaringly obvious. And yeah, they just ignore it. Well, all the ladder um, matches that happen now, they don't go. For, they don't try and win. They just they just do yeah. spots on the ladder, and then they decide to try and win at the end. Yeah, um, I was hoping for that gladiators esque mo- monkey bar escape. I thought yeah. he was going to monkey bar all the way across. Thought she didn't. Um, there's a great image at the end of Big Bubba and Ricky squaring up. Yeah, to then Ricky to do the schoolboy low blow <laughs> run off. I thought it was great. Um. Big Bubba also when he was when he done his slam at the start to Ricky I think had some force on it. It's still like I just mm. find it weird when you see them like that's the big boss man. It's funny, isn't it? Like, yeah, yeah. Was, you think like, how much his, his his physique changed in what three yeah. years? Because by the middle of nineteen ninety, he completely changed. Fair play yeah. to him because he was you know he'd obviously lost a huge amount of weight. Yeah, but I had it as it's okay. Yeah. Right, Ross on commentary was talking about how Wyndham had given Williams some time to recover from the bull shot, but Williams hadn't given Wyndham the same. So in line with your sort of uh, thoughts on the story they were trying to tell here, um, they went backstage with Bob Coddle and Jimmy Garvin, Hayes and Precious. Garvin said he wasn't that disappointed that he didn't win because he didn't lose either. Um, he said he was so pleased to be a part of Star K-1987. He said he was thinking about Dusty Rhodes, who's going to be putting his career on the line, plus the Road Warriors, and they were concerned with that match. They wanted to challenge the winners. He called Precious Squeeze. Then he said he got goosebumps when he thought oh, about his brother, Ronnie. 
And I legit had no idea about that and how on earth him and Ronnie Garvin had different accents. And then I found the answer. Jimmy Garvin was actually Ron Garvin's stepson, not brother, even though there was only seven years between them. We've spoken so, about this before. Yeah. Who was... I forgot had, about this. You're right. You're right. It's, yeah. Yeah. You're but right. it wasn't these two, was it? It was somebody else, wasn't it? Was it Magnum and? Was uh, yeah. it, Mag- it wasn't Magnum. Was There's it? another element of that. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't, I can't think who it is. It's maybe it's, is it Tully Blanchard and someone? Maybe I can't remember. Someone's, yeah, yeah. Because you're talking about me being your stepdad, basically, is what the what the it ended up being, didn't it? Basically, that's where I we got you, to. I yeah, call me daddy. <laughs> cool, daddy. Uh, then Steve Williams came in. He said some stuff about the Olympics. Then he took his hat off to Wyndham. Something about the Sooners capitalising an opportunity. He said Starcade was the biggest thing in pro wrestling. And I thought Williams had a bit of a hunk here, uh, to be fair. Albeit his promo wasn't the best. There were a few stumbles. He said he was proud. He'd been down a lonesome highway. And a lot of things had happened to him to get that belt. And he signed off by saying he was the wrestling machine of the world. I thought this was a really odd segment to have on a pay-per-view. Albeit, albeit, they did have to take the scaffold down. So I guess that was the purpose of it. What did you make of these promos? Yeah, exactly what you just said. Yeah. It was, uh, it was a case of, what are they? I mean, let's be honest. Jimmy didn't come up for air. No. And also, he was like the epitome of like, I was re- I was just wrote... He was happy with the draw. Like, <laughs> I'm happy with the point. We'll move the on. Lose, we'll move on. Yeah, yeah. Go again next week. Thanks for the fans. We'll get on with this. We're, It'll we're, be us at, us at Stanford Bridge on the 13th of January. Oh, we'll take oh, a man. point. Yeah. Let's hope. Yeah. Let's hope. Um, Dr. Death, 210%. Always annoying. You can't get more than 100. No, anyone can't. Out there, you can't get more than 100. <laughs> um, he's the, yeah, the wrestling machine of the world. Quite like that. Um, there's a lot of talk about bunkhouse stampede. So yes. I was, you've already alluded to it, but I was going to say, there's now maybe a little, you can just put a little promo in. It's Chris, you're sitting here on Christmas Day listening to this and you'll get to the end and you'll be like, oh, that was, that was brilliant. I love that. <laughs> Let me pick one of them from the archives, right? Go and listen to that, Gordon. It's, treat yourself. Go it is the yourself. worst show. Is it the worst wrestling show you've ever seen, do you think? Can you remember it the that well? No, no, the podcast is yeah, great. Right laugh. Yeah, the podcast is great. I've listened <laughs> to it. I've actually, I actually listened to it not that long ago. But the the, the show is absolutely diabolical. Oh, yeah, it's absolutely awful. Uh, and Shivani and Ross talks about what a great month December was going to be, including those bunkhouse stampede matches. Um, in more UWF action, next up was the TV title unification match between the UWF World Television Champion and our hero, Terry Taylor, along with Eddie Gilbert, versus NWA World Television Champion Nikita Koloff. Um, there was a big Nikita chant in the early going as I finished my second packet of big hula hoops following two chocolate bars and six Kipling slices. It was a bad eating week the week I watched this show, which feels like and is an eternity before you listen to our lovely tones today. I don't remember that at all. I don't remember that at all. Six Kipling slices. Why did I have those in the house? Absolutely bizarre. Um, yeah, I know. Absolutely ridiculous. Two chocolate bars, six Kipling slices. I was also listening, a bit of a da- Listening to this on Christmas Day going... That is, I feel better now. <laughs> Joe, well, I've lost the plot. I re- I recently, um, uh, you know, I, uh, yeah, well, yeah, I can, yeah. I'm just thinking what I can and can't say. I recently, for a change in uh, location of job outside of this, obviously, full-time job, bought myself some new work shirts. Um, and I went for, so I don't know, where do you get your work shirts? Like TM Lewin or Charles Thuit or one of those, yeah. Right. Yeah, so I've got some shirts from Charles Stewart, but I usually get slim fit, but I couldn't get slim fit because they were there weren't any in my size. And I was like, there's a, there's a good offer. So I got something else that was like 
so I think it's super fitted, right? Super fitted. Oh, oh, oh I know what's yeah. coming. So, and I, I tell you, what, I put it on. I put it on, and I, I was standing up, and I was thinking to myself, and I looked in the mirror, and I was like, "Bloody hell, that is the best fitted shirt I've ever seen." I'm like, it just fits on the arms, fits on the shoulders. It looks really, really good. And then I sat down, and it was like, "You were being constricted." <laughs> I'm like, I need, I need, and I'm not in, a, I'm not in great shape at the moment. Like January needs to come so I get back on it. But I, I, it's awful, and and because I, because I was buying these shirts. I've chucked all but three work shirts, old work shirts away. So I have to wear two of these every single week. And it's just getting worse. As Christmas approaches, it's just getting worse and worse and worse. Got so, one of them stand up, have you got one of them stand-up desks now then? Oh, no. In, in a new place, you will do, but not at the moment, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. Not not the best. Uh, right. Back to the TV title match. Uh, there are a couple of bits of rancid officiating in this. Taylor got to the ropes in an armbar and Koloff dragged him back in the ring and there was no break. Later, Taylor got his foot on the ropes and some other bore Koloff hold and bloody hell Hebner kicked his leg away. And I guess he always was someone that wasn't to be trusted. Uh, while in the early going, I found this a bit of a struggle. It did build as Taylor got on top and the crowd were biting hard on the near falls. The last few minutes when Nikita trapped in the figure four and Gilbert assisting were great and the crowd erupted for Nikita winning, the, winning with a sickle clothesline in just under 19 minutes. And this is just getting into recommend category for me, uh, but perhaps the absolute lowest rating I can give in that category. But there were some elements in this near the end that made me feel like it was kind of epic after the time they'd been put in. But yeah, I, I don't know. What did you think of it? What do you think of the TV title unification match? I'm going to say something now, which might ruin a little bit, but just to let you know, the next yes. three matches, the next three matches, I yep. will not have a bad word said about. Okay. Okay. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. I, when I was enjoying it with less food, yeah, was so gripped by the next, so invested in the next three matches. Yeah, I, I was just literally, again, off record. Steve can tell you, I have been so excited about this recording. <laughs> all week. You and this is a Christmas party, right? We might, we, we may or may not be recording another episode later on this season. Oh, spoiler! Yep. And I tell you now. I haven't watched this. I was like, I'm so excited. I just want to talk about it. I just yeah, yeah. It. So let's get going with this one. Right. UWF, the NWA. This is it. This is it, right? Kodoff as well, number one. He's 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 getting cheers here. Yeah. Right? And the point I want to make here is, I feel like we've just gone full circle. Yeah. The reason when we first started watching Mid-South, you were Russian, is because you were hated. Yeah. Everyone hated you. Right? Now he's getting cheers. Yeah. <laughs> which, which you sort of go. Well, you know why? You know you know the story. Do you know the story of him? No. So he was feuding with Magnum and they turned him babyface. And he visited, he, I, I can't remember. Oh, what he, he visited Magnum. That's he right, visited that's Magnum right. in the hospital. And, they, and I don't know whether he visited him in the hospital and they made it a story or they made it a story and he visited him in the hospital. But he, yeah, that's, that's what turned him babyface. Yeah. What made me laugh is obviously... The geezer's from wherever he's from, like when, Pittsburgh or something. Yeah, yeah. So he's been made Russian, and then now he's like, "Well, they like me." Do I, like he probably was like, "Do I still need to be Russian?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which we'll come on to his interview later. Oh my god! How, Minneapolis, Minneapolis. How, his interview later uh, is my favourite part of the whole show. <laughs> um, so. Um, what I liked about this, so, you know, he was weakening Taylor down. Um, JR was, this is more of a sort of general wrestling chat. JR was quite critical of Taylor going toe-to-toe. -to -toe. And I was a bit like, 
What do you want him to do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then again, yeah, again, these two are good because Shivani then later on went, he needs to be quick. It's like I asked it, right? So literally he said it and I went out loud, what do you want him to do? And Shivani <laughs> went, Shivani went, he needs to be quick, he needs to be tricky. And I was like, cheers, Tony. Thanks yeah, cheers. You <laughs> he was answering my question. Yeah. Um, it was a proper old school title match. Um, the interferences were being missed um, by the ref. Unfortunately, you touched upon this in the first match, and this was a theme. The ref work just weren't missing interferences. So was a cameraman. Yeah. It was yeah. really irritating because you were having to, like, you were like, oh, what? hang on, what's happened here? Um, so, like, he missed uh, Gilbert's interference. Um, I'll just put here something to work on. <laughs> but this is, but this was where the big events, they're in their infancy, aren't they? They're in their. Yeah, yeah, no, they are. They really are. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. They're learning. Um, I, I had a little bit here, but you sort of alluded it to already. I had a bullet point say, oh, well, Hebner, what are your views on Earl? Isn't isn't he quite polarising? Well, only because he... Well, do you know what? Can I really blame Earl Hebner for the screwjob in any way? Like, he did what he was told to do. I suppose he could have probably said to Vince McMahon, I don't want to do it, uh, but I don't know what would have happened to him then. But he would have got a job in WCW for sure. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I Also, didn't him and his brother get sacked from WWF because they were they were selling bootleg I think yeah. that's right, isn't it? They were selling bootleg merchandise. I just think a bit of a history. Yeah. Um, but the ending, Taylor clattering into Gilbert, Kolos clothesline. It was just yeah. pure it was so good. This was the I'll be honest, it happened and I went, get in there. Yeah. Yes. I have no love or <laughs> hatred. I don't care. And yet I was like, come on, get in there. It was just like poetry in motion how it ended. But it was. People to watch it like now and be like, we've seen that ended a hundred times. Yes, but this is in 1987. Yeah, yeah. You do see it times. This is groundbreaking. The crowd lost it. I lost it. I spent, for those, obviously this is unfair, but I've got a sh shirt on with just <laughs> loads of action figures, wrestling action figures. And I was searching for Kolov. He's not on here. He's not being made famous. No, 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 yeah. My new temporary favourite for... <laughs> The next 10 minutes. <laughs> um, I wouldn't say it's a must watch, but it got me off my No, seat. it's a recommend, isn't it? I think it's a recommend. Yeah. It's, it's a slow, it's a, it's a builder, it's a builder, it's a builder. But as you say, by the end, it's like a classic old title match. The crowd were massively invested into this. So yeah. I, th I thought I thought it worked. And, and the hits keep on coming because next up, we've got Tully Blanchard and Arn Anderson versus the Road Warriors for the NWA World Tag Team titles. And Hawk managed the rare mix of being absolutely humongous and completely shredded at the same time in this. And I dread to think what he was putting in his body to get him to look, look like this. I mean, this was, you know, you just don't, you are, you could, lots of people are either big or cut and must, and, you know, shredded, but he was both. Um, and the crowd were on fire for every single thing the Road Warriors did. And I thought Arn and Tully played their roles perfectly. Uh, there was one great bit where Tully was stuffed with a power slam and Arn did the timeout sign on the apron. Uh, they bumped the ref around the 12-minute mark. Anderson was hit with the doomsday device and was counted out by another ref. And it appeared that the Road Warriors had won the title to an ecstatic response from the crowd. But wait a minute. It's the Road Warriors. It's their hometown. So why don't we just fuck them live on pay-per-view and make all the people really angry? Yeah, booking 101 from Dusty Rhodes. The original referee said he saw Anderson thrown over the top rope, so they retained the titles in a DQ. 
What a load of nonsense. I thought the match, even with this, shaded into recommend category. But what is this is the booking that put this company out of business. This is the booking that put this company, made it out to be sold to Ted Turner, not all that long after this. How do you do this finish on your biggest show of the year? Ridiculous. What do you think of the tag time title tag title match? So very similar views. I really enjoyed it again. Mm. Um, but I just knew something was going to be wrong. Yeah. Um, so you had to keep getting. Re- I got reminded about this: the most ridiculous rule of the over-the-top rope, absolutely mind-boggling. Yes. Oh, like, and I read like because it's dangerous. That's dangerous. Me clotheslining someone at their front—that's <laughs> yeah. all right. But I'll drive on the head. Oh, Jesus yeah. Christ! Watch out! They're wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's not chess. No. Right. no. Um, but you know, know why think- that was again? I think we've talked about this years ago. The <laughs> yeah. like a sell a battle royal. Yeah. So battle royal was like seen as super dangerous because yeah. you've got that stuff. So I do understand it, but it's just it doesn't hasn't aged well, has it really? Um, Legion Doom. I loved Legion Doom as a kid, but the more I think about it, I think it was probably just because of the outfit. Yeah, yeah. Like the idea of that outfit was just like, oh my god, these guys are nutters. And also as a kid, to me, that was they were them spikes on metal. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like um, then you, I have learned. So before we did this podcast, well, no. Arn Anderson, so it's not before. So during the podcast, um, Arn Anderson obviously joined AEW, and I didn't really know anything about him. Yeah. And then, he, then just as he joined AEW, he started popping up in Mid South, um, like just coincided with when we were watching it. So I've learned a lot more about him and Tully as well, actually, in fact. And um, God, wow, he used to be Sean Spears, if you think about that. Oh, God. Um, yeah. We'll come on to that in a second, actually. And um, you just think of Iron and Tully like that. That was the four horsemen with JJ as their boss. That is some stable, isn't it? That oh, was yeah. really big time. Like, and the more I'm learning about stuff, that was like maybe one of the best ever. Like, like when I view my question is like, so my favorite ever stable would be DX. Yeah. Did I think they were? Did I think they were feared? Not really. Right. Yes. They won. They won the tr- belts and stuff, but they weren't. They were my favourite probably because they were good, but they were also funny, right? And they epitomised the attitude era. I I thought if I, if I come out and go into like what I would view as a serious stable one, I thought God, these guys could be good. I stopped watching wrestling around the time that Nexus started coming into it. Oh yeah, I always, yeah. Thought, I always thought they could be really good because I thought Wade Barrett had something about him, and I just I feel that, that just. I stopped watching, and then when I rejoined, I just assumed all four of them would be top of the tree because I just thought they were they had something about them. Wade um, Barrett, definitely. I, th- I think they probably should have got oh, should have given him the title when they had a chance. Yeah. And then the one I completely missed, but must be the closest to the four horsemen, was obviously Evolution. Um, absolutely. Like, yeah, Evolution, Evolution were really like, good, and they made stars out of Batista and Randy Orton, yeah, didn't like, they? So I yeah. wish I was watching it when they were a thing because. But but uh, what what would be my I just had a question like what would be your favourite stable or or favourites um, and then maybe what you think was like being the best in recent times? Do, do you know what? And I think I'm probably a little bit biased, but the thing that really got me back into WWF was a combination of two things. So in the summer of '97, you had. The, the rise of Steve Austin and like the roar was unbelievable. And because also you had. Um, the feud with 
basically USA versus Canada. So every week on Raw, you'd get one Raw in uh, USA and one Raw in Canada. And I believe that was booked um, kind of by by almost by happy accident. Like, that wasn't a, a thing when they originally planned that. It's just like we were going to do some shows in Canada. So that Heart Foundation with Brett as a heel, Brett's heel work in 1997. Like, I, went, I went back a couple of years ago and I watched all of the Bret Hart segments and all the Steve Austin segments from every Raw in 1997. And it's just incredible, like, seeing their the change in their characters. And I, th- I think I'm going Hart Foundation, I think. That that Bret, Bret Owen, yeah, Davey, Jim Neidhart, and um, Brian Pillman, you, I think. That's really weird you said that, because the other day I saw on um, Instagram, um, so, um, someone post the anniversary of the British Bulldogs' death. And... He had his, um, I think his niece or something. I, I think he's buried in England. Yeah, th- uh, yeah, I think he is. He is buried in England. Yeah. yeah. And so his his niece or whatever it was posted a thing. So, I, and out of nowhere, I was just like, I'm going to go there one day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what? Book's and, really good. Are you, I must try and give this, give this book to you if you've got any time. Um, there's a book that's <coughs> predominantly about dynamite. Oh, oh about- yeah, we just haven't seen each other. You said you yeah, did, yeah, yeah. It's upstairs. It's so good, and they talk about that in it. But that that book's so such such a good book because it's it's not it's it's written by somebody else. Um, well, I nearly got on the podcast actually, but and he did agree to do it, but then I never I never bothered following it up because it's kind of like time had gone past. And he also he was on Chris Jericho's podcast as well after he'd agreed with mine, so that he might not actually come yeah. on now. So more for him um, then. Yeah, and- more for him. But I definitely um, definitely must give that book to you because it's really good. So yeah, um, but yeah, and then that also led me on a little bit to AEW because when I was talking about Tully and Shaw Spears, but when we again, this I mean, this podcast, I um, get emotional later about the podcast. But <laughs> what what um, when we started the podcast, there was no AEW. Then AEW is formed, and then we had the podcast. That we isn't just... that isn't quite right, Dan. Actually, I hate to be oh, the bearer of hate speech. But AEW had Dynamite had started by the time the podcast started. Yeah. Well, the first episode of this podcast was October nine, October nineteen. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. So only just then. Only just. Yeah. Only just. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. Sorry. Sorry. Um. Sorry. But, sorry. But as it developed, that's what I meant. Yeah. Um, we had debates. Where we were like, "Oh my god, how good is the AEW tag division?" Yeah, we were like, it's incredible. Like, yep. even the rubbish tag teams are incredible, right? And this is what reminded me of it because we'd had the scaffold match with them for them four individuals. Now we've got these guys, and I was like, wow, this tag and and this is tag wrestling as it should be. Yeah, such good wrestling. Um, and it just go, God, AEW. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong, they've got bigger issues, but even if you just take the tag element out of it, they had probably the best tag division since since this because even in the attitude era you had you had edge and christian and the hardest and stuff you maybe had three or four um and they were good tag teams but AEW had some yeah serious serious talent and it, i mean they've messed up a lot of stuff but wow what have they done with that yep what have they done with that like oh my god it's, uh, it's uh, incredible isn't it yeah i still think probably the best North American... Mark will enjoy this, as I know he's a big fan of this match. We talked about it on air, actually, to the review of it. I still think the best... Was it better than Danielson and MJF? I think the Danielson and MJF 60-minute Ironman match was was an absolutely phenomenal, phenomenal match. It was so so good. 
But I, I still think that Young Bucks versus Omega and Page is the best oh. North American match in history. Because the, the Osprey Omega 2 is a phenomenal match, but that tag match is better than that. And the Omega. Where at, the end, where at the end, where you think Page is going to. Yeah, yeah, that one. Oh my God. Yeah. And oh Omega, God. Omega Osprey in the Tokyo Dome, I think, is much better than the Forbidden Door. The Forbidden Door is still phenomenal, being, but that's better. Yeah. Yeah. When you talk about being invested in something. Yeah. My God, I could watch even you talking about it now is making me go, Oh my god, oh my god, I need to watch that again. I'd like to watch it again. And yeah, no, I'd be invested in the end. Knowing I'd still watch and go, Is he gonna do? It? He's gonna hit him, isn't he? He's gonna hit him. <laughs> even yeah. though I know he's not. Um two weeks so, yeah. before lockdown, that was two that was fe- February the 29th to 2020. And Paige yeah. was like the bit most over baby face in wrestling. Oh, and my god. yeah, yeah, here awesome. we are. Anyway, just aside, um JJ spotted the foot on the rope um to stop the count. Which just made me think in in eighty seven it wasn't the cameraman missing the refs missed miss yeah everything. yeah <laughs> the refs get nothing the refs literally just go I'm just looking at the shoulders I don't care what's going on over yeah, there yeah. I'm just looking at the shoulders um I love the gorilla press um from Legion of Doom because going back to the figures I've got on my shirt I had the Hulk Hogan figure that had his hands up and you held oh, the it back. slam the reason yeah. it's topical is at the moment my boy's only two but when he's ready he loves cars but I'm always like. Getting my old wrestling figures out and just popping them in the car just to yeah, see. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you guys will see, like the other day, we we're in a charity shop and they had a Hulk Hogan in there, but a modern, so not one of the small ones, like yeah. the traditional Hulk Hogan. They had, like, you know, made like the new ones they make, mm. but Hulk Hogan looked about 85. <laughs> in this charity shop for a pound, and I was like, I am buying that. And I don't care if yeah. that pays for that or not. <laughs> I mean, it's scary, actually, how he looks. Wow. He looks like someone could be checking his hard drive. This oh my God. Um, but yeah, so it reminds, but I used to love the Gorilla Press because my figure could do that. So yes. I always remember thinking, oh, yes, that's because that's what you wanted, right? You wanted your figures to represent. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. The the hot tag to animal was great. The ref was out. I jumped up. Yes. I was like, get in there. But then on the other matches, they ended and they finished. Mm. This, people were mingling about. And I was like, no. Something's not right here. And I'd missed that. Me and the cameraman, I think. Yeah. I missed the guy going over the thing and over the top rope. So, yeah, it can only be a recommend, really, when you have an absolute bum ending. And the fact that I've reviewed the match and spoke more about other things. But, <laughs> you know. No, it was still a recommend. But it's just, it's just, this is, this is, this is, I think one of the, one of the things about WWE, apart from the main event of WrestleMania uh, this year, is that they book very simply. Triple H's have got a very simple book in mind. The baby faces are kind of friendly with each other. The heels are sort of friendly with each other. They tease future stuff. So they've teased like Punk with a few different people and they'll probably pay that because he, know, he knows that. He pays it off. And it's such an e Like you can, you can make arguments about some of the comedy segments don't really hit. The wrestling's not the best wrestling in the world. But blind me, in terms of if you look at the like, baby face in that promotion, you got Cody, you got Jay Uso, you got CM Punk now as well. I mean, it's just Randy Orton is over as well. You, like, it's, unbelie- it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable what they've done, what Triple H has done with that company to have. It's, like you say, it is clever because, let's say, for example, I watched to see to see the return of Punk and look. Yeah. I, sometimes I'm playing devil's advocate because I just want to wind you up. About yeah, that. yeah. So don't do it Did I jump up? Yeah, great. But. I was way more excited for Orton. Yeah, fair enough. That's all right. Yeah, but that got a huge reaction as well, didn't it? <clears throat> but also, I'm I missed his. I missed his. Well, I missed the evolution, right? So yeah. I missed that. 
But then when he was champion, I remember coming back watching it going, no one's ever going to beat this bloke. <laughs> like, who, who the hell is going to beat this man? What I loved about him is he done moves like, you're on the floor, so I'm going to put my knee through your head. I win. Yeah. But that he, he's the sort of guy in a scaffold match would throw you off. Yeah. And go, I <laughs> Next. Like, your head's on the floor. I'm going to stand on it. That'll yeah, win yeah. the match. Why would I bother RKO out of nowhere? Yeah, because you think you're okay. Bang, you're out. I've won. Like, who's going to beat this man? That's all I could think about. Yeah. Like, like I never got why, like, like he's ever going to be beaten. Um, so when yeah. you come back, I was like, you know, I mean, now I know they'll go down the road. He's old. He'll get injured. Blah, 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 blah. But I was very excited. And that's what Triple H is doing. He's not pinning his hopes. Like, like in the end, Tony Khan just pinned everything on Punk. So then when Punk kicked off or whatever it was, he was like, oh, no, I've pinned all my hopes on this guy, so I better bend over for him. Everyone else is like, no. Yeah. What are you doing? Whereas Triple H, if Punk messes him about, he'll go, see you then. Yeah, of course he will. Because that's what you what do as a leader. Exactly. That's what you do as a leader, isn't it? Yeah. Everyone, everyone says, yeah. oh, Punk shouldn't have said this, Punk shouldn't have said that. But the bottom <clears> line <throat> is... If you, if you, if we ask our bosses, we want to be paid a million pound a year to to work one day a week. They're going to say no because that's what bosses yeah. do. They tell you no if you ask for ridiculous things, and that is the bottom line. Anyway, let's get off. To, I can't. I can't. Right. We've, got, we've got time ahead to speak about Tony Khan and various things in oh, another show. Christmas. Another show that might be out sometime towards. The 4th of January. Uh, so uh, backstage, Jack Gregory was with Magnum TA. Magnum said the assault by the Road Warriors for the title was the greatest he'd ever seen, but somehow Tully and Arm were still champions. Uh, they then talked about the Luger versus Dusty upcoming contest where Rhodes' career would be on the line. Uh, well, we say that it, it now seems like a step was uh, Rhodes couldn't wrestle anywhere in the world for 90 days after. So that's definitely changed what they were promoting on TV, which is Not weird. Not quite career on the line, is it? No, no, no. They're giving, him, they're giving him three months off. Three months off. Yeah, which would be lovely. I, I, I would happily go to work and lose an argument at work for three months off. Yes, yeah, I'd do pretty much anything for three months off. <laughs> uh, Nikita Kodov is backstage with Bob Connell. And um, yeah, this was what you talked about earlier on. Nikita's accent did a tour around the world during this this uh, promo. What did you think of Nikita before I do the JJ Dillon bit? We've just got my first must must watch. Okay, We've yeah. We've got the must watch. If you, if you want to watch it, what I'm going to do is when, when this is tweeted out, I'm going to find the minutes. So you can, if, you, if you're bored, I'm going to post the link because this is on Facebook, I think. Is it? Okay, yeah, yeah. What? what oh, you've gone around the world. I think it got generally stuck in Asia. <laughs> oh, God, no. Don't do any impressions, please. I'm not going to do any impressions. <laughs> but this Russian individual has spent a lot of time in Japan, oh, is all I'm going to say. Yeah, I think it I remember was, that now you said it. It was out of this world. Yeah. I can't explain. It's a must watch. It's a must watch. It's I can't. I, I've got nothing else to say about it. It's a must watch. <laughs> I mean, if I could be bothered, I would put it in the show. But I, I can't, know you I can't be. I can't be bothered no, can't. at this point. Yeah. Absolutely right, Jack. Now there's only one, and here he is, the world television champion, Nikita Koloff. Nikita. But the camera, I have to say, the world's talking has been a great night for the Super Bowl. First, I want to say, in the cross door. Four years now that I have been a professional wrestler, I have had many, many, many tough matches. But I want to say something about Terry Taylor. He is a great wrestler. He still is a great wrestler. Or he would not have been UWF TV champion. 
ataque, no tiene, a huevo frente a Tegra. Y Gil, no quiere colar, uno de los best match ever in my career. But now, and all the people can see, now I could not be more happy. Now I have two bells, two bells, no quiere colar. But Shana is there, Yuto is there, no quiere colar. You see, UWF. SWA, the now is only one TV champion, one TV champion, and I have to say, to be the only world TV champion, make my heart feel good. At this point in my career, comrade, I have to say it makes my heart feel good to be only world TV champion. There's now only one thing for Nakita Kolov to make Nakita Kolov feel better, and that is someday to be the world heavyweight champion. And I want to say, this is a one-half of the superpower, and I believe in the King of Korov, and I believe the last thing I want to say, you thought I believe in the zero. Spasibo, camera, and I want to say to my fans, Spasibo. Uh, JJ Dillon came in then and he said he was he was pleased that the tag title was staying with them. He'd been instrumental in Flair's training, but had never been really caught up in the Dusty Rhodes match. And he uh, had never felt so confident that Lex Luger was going to get the job done. Anything to add on JJ before we get into Lex versus Dusty? You know what I like about JJ and why he's good at what he does? Him and John Bonnet just get faces you just want to hit, which is yeah. why, they're, <laughs> that's why they're so good. You know yes. what I mean? They've got faces you just, they couldn't do anything else. They do what they do so well because you just look at them and go, oh, God, oh. Yeah. I, you know, I actually spent my day doing today. I say day. Go on. An hour. Find out what the second J stands for. Uh, what does it, what does, I don't know what either state stand for. Well, his name's James Morrison, so both J's are meaningless. Oh, okay, fine, fine. Um, well, the first J, I suppose, is James, isn't it, then? They say, they say James J Dillon. Okay. So I've just been hooked on what's the second J, what's the second J? And then it's like, his name's James Morrison. He calls himself JJ. So the second J stands for J. <laughs> brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And now, I wonder what could possibly happen in the match uh, for the United States title uh, when it was booked by one of the competitors in it. We'll, we'll find out. We'll find out. We'll get there. Lex Luger versus Dusty Rhodes for the United States Heavyweight Championship in a cage. And again, they said the stupid thing about Dusty's career being at stake because if he lost, he wouldn't be able to rest for 90 days. Uh, the first of two cage matches on the show, Johnny Weaver had the key on the outside. Uh, Luger was 29 years old here, as Dan is rapidly trying to get his laptop plugged in to continue this call. I blame the business for supplying me this laptop. <laughs> Dusty had turned 43 the month prior. Um, I got distracted midway through this as the door went, and it was the arrival of a new book. And this book was a full half of 989 Wrestling Observers, all freshly typed out without any Tipex marks and no spelling mistakes. And actually, I have not, as of yet, read a single passage from said book. So on excellent purchase, I will get to it sometime. Um, after that, I struggled to get back into this match, uh, if I ever was in the first place. And after about 14 or so minutes, a lot of rest holes and Dusty doing some bleeding and also being oddly aggressive toward the referee, uh, JJ Dillon attacked Weaver on the outside with a chair and then threw said chair in over the top of the 
cage, which Luger ended up de- being DDT'd right into. Uh, and he, uh, God, I messed that up. So Luger ended up being DDT'd right into and Dusty became the new US champion in 16 minutes and 28 seconds. Um, the crowd did react big to the finish, but I have to say, I think this doesn't quite get into it was all right territory. And I think this was probably a skip. All right, mate. So Dan, what did you think of this uh this Dusty versus Luger? The the readers uh listening don't know that you went off camera there and I you just just didn't hear my match rating, which was a skip. So what did you think yeah, of no, this? No, I called the match rating. Right? Oh yeah, okay. What I went to the loo, everyone, and I can hear him because I've got this nice and proud. You did a and very good job. I was listening from the toilet thinking. He's going to give this a skip. Yeah. <laughs> I think he, I think you've got too involved in the fact you know who booked it. Maybe. Maybe. So, Lex Luda be dusty. Big build-up. 90-day suspension. Nice holiday. These are just my notes. Total package for Lex Luda. One of the most apt names. This bloke is a specimen of yeah, an individual. Yeah, he absolutely is. Yeah. yeah however he's yeah. come about it, whatever. What a specimen of a man. Mm. Um the key holder for a cage match. Bring it back. Bring that back. <laughs> this match, Johnny Weaver, who I've now learned a lot about, is the is the key holder. That is incredible. I've never heard of that before. Never heard of Johnny Weaver until Dusty's applying the Weaver lock. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Name. I was thinking the Weaver. God, this all this bloke is is the key holder. He's now got a move named after him. He must be. <laughs> So good at holding keys. Um, then the uh, I, I, the elevation on, by the way, I've just made a note on one of the moves. Lex Luger went to do an elbow drop. The elevation he got on this elbow drop that he missed was extraordinary. Um, something to see. Um, Dusty, the original Moxley, he just loves blood, doesn't he? Yeah, big time. He loves it. Um, also, with his hair and everything, it just looks... Um, the human torture rack, very similar to... Um, the total package that is a great name for a move, and it looks like it would hurt. The backbreak, I think, is a good, yeah, it definitely is. Um, now, question for my we, I mean, you can't answer this, but Dusty is the American dream. If Dusty is the American dream, what is the question? What <laughs> is the American dream? So Dusty <laughs> well, is the American well. Well, he's and American. Is that because what he's come from the bottom and now we're here? Is that the well? Because we he's that? a yeah, multi-millionaire that is a son of a plumber, I suppose. So he's he's the American dream because he's, he's done. He's made it. By the way, and then, exciting news. Slob. Yeah, but well, maybe yeah, he still does it all. Like I he thought... hasn't had to worry. Lex Luger's had to do all of them moves and all that. Yeah, yeah. Just he's rocked up. That is the American dream. He's woke up. Yeah. Like, oh, I want to be the world heavyweight champion. <laughs> God, what are you going to do for it? Nothing. <laughs> by the way I've got, some, I've got some very exciting news for you because i am a uh you know i'm the hardest working man in podcasting i've found the nikita koloff promo so actually i will uh, I, by the magic of post-production that will have aired by this point so it'll be yes. in there yes yeah, oh, yeah. everyone happy christmas yeah happy christmas <laughs> to our viewers from all around the world from yeah. europe usa russia and especially from japan oh, God. that one's for you um <laughs> Yeah, so anyway, the American dream, incredible. Um, so the cameraman missed um, JJ nailing Weaver. He also missed how Luger got out of the Weaver lock. Well done. They showed it on the replay after. But 
you can't be missing this stuff. You can't Early be missing it. Oh, they're just learning. They're just learning. Come on. This is basics. Yeah. Um, there, was enough, there was enough people around the wing taking photos. Um, anyway, but what I loved, the chair going in. Again, remember, we see this all the time now. The chair going in, it lands. Luger goes to pick it up. Dusty, smooth as you like. Over, boom. DDT. Yeah. The finish was good, to be fair. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Poetry in motion. I love that. I absolutely love that. Um, people, again, will go, we see it all the time. Yeah, you do. This is 1987. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, absolutely loved it. That is the third time in a row I've gone, yes. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm I, not saying it's a must-watch. There's only one must-watch, and you've all just watched it or listened to it. So. <laughs> This was a recommend for me. How you done a skip? I think you've got oh, wow. bogged down. I think you've got bogged down in him booking it. Maybe this I have, a, yeah. This is, these are two superstars, mate. All right, fine, fine, fine. Maybe, I'm, maybe I'm wrong. He even had a key holder. <laughs> Good old no, Johnny Weaver. Right. You've changed. You've yeah, changed. sorry. I'm so sorry. Dusty would hold on to the belt until April when he was stripped uh, of the title for attacking NWA President Jim Crockett, a.k.a. he was the booker and didn't want to do a job. Uh, right, on to the main event now. Not that, again, not that you are letting any of this get in the way of your No, job. no. But the bottom line, Dan, is he, he's booked this company into ba- into bankruptcy and sale. So no, some I... of these, so it gets, it, this it, This is like, and this is we have how the same, I... We have the same arguments about AEW again. Yeah, and I, don't, I think that the big difference between AEW and this is because they're going to get a TV deal, but they're not going to get a TV deal forever if they keep, and, and this is the thing, you there's no argument other than the clear one about live event attendance. It's not because there's NFL on. It's not because there's NBA on. It's not because of the snow. It's not because of anything else. It's because of creative's bad. When creative is bad, people will not buy tickets. When creative was bad in WWE, their tickets went, their their ticket sales went down. When the creative is good, they're selling out Raws and Smackdowns again. That's it's as simple as that, and they're not doing anything about changing that creative. If anything, they're they're leaning into it more. But anyway, no more AEW until the fourth of January. Um, Ron Garvin versus Ric Flair for the NWA World Heavyweight Title was the main event of Starcade in nineteen eighty seven, and Ric Flair was out first in a lovely white robe, and Garvin kept it more simple with red trunks and a red towel around his neck. Uh, the cage was still up, and this was a, to a finish with no time limit. Um, Garvin was the baby face here and he got quite a few boos during his reintroduction. He threw his towel over the top and a guy in a black t-shirt caught it and then high five one of his friends. Do you think that that's still the guy in the black tops high, uh, you know, top three lifetime moments that he caught Ronnie Garvin's towel? 100%. He's... Yeah. Did you say he threw it back, didn't he? I, th- I don't think so. I thought he kept it. Oh, I wasn't sure if he did or not because I-, I did think at the time he's keeping that. He's still yeah. washing with it. God, I bet that towel seen better days now. Um, yeah, very not very nice. Uh, these two in the early going seemed hell bent on chopping each other half to death. There were big Garvin sucks chant off a good exchange. I can't imagine how that must feel for a babyface in this role trying to be a sort of under sort of underdog almost. Um, it's almost like a sort of Rocky like story coming from underneath the people just completely rejecting him. Uh, and it wasn't everyone, as for some of Garvin's offense, such as his stomp, some of the crowd were cheering, but 
Boos were always louder. Uh, eventually, Flair regained the title in 17 minutes and 38 seconds. They bumped the referee in the corner. Garvin hit the knockout punch, but referee Tommy Young was slow in making the count and Flair kicked out. He then hot-shotted Garvin into the middle section of the cage and pinned him. Um, I thought the heavy-hitting heavy strike exchanges were really good, but they couldn't quite keep that pace up throughout. Uh, the win largely got a positive reaction from the crowd. And I put this in recommend category. What did you think of the Starcade 87 main event? Uh, I think I was too pumped from the others. So I had oh, really? Out. Okay. I've never seen Dino Bravo and Ronnie Garvin in the same room. Oh, God. <laughs> They're so, they look the same, right? Well, you know Bravo's think? got a lot bigger body, bigger body and much less less in-ring ability, I would say, as well. Yeah. Not that I'm a big fan of Garvin's. I was very disappointed that there was no official key holder. Um, you had two natural blondes in the ring. And with his red trunks, very very Santa Claus-esque. It yep. made me wonder, do you think Santa, or Father Christmas, should we say, was blonde in his youth? Uh, maybe, yeah, I think so. Because yeah, yeah, blo- yeah, yeah. These two remind me they could end up being like him. Yeah, Blair, yeah. with obviously less of the. Although Santa visits people at night when they don't want to be visited, and Rick. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, um, they didn't mention no. They didn't mention in the previous match no DQ. Okay, I and, think that's probably assumed, and, isn't it? I think. Well, I don't know because everything seemed to be quite hidden in the previous match. You know, like mm. the chair was all like done. Whereas this one was very clear; it was no DQ, which yeah. made me really annoyed at one stage where the ref um, Flair got to the rope or someone got to the rope, and he separated them. Yeah, that. yeah. I um, I've, I've mixed thoughts about that because I, I I think that I th- I I am of the belief that in a no DQ match, you probably shouldn't be able to get a submission if someone's in the ropes. I, I and I, I can't really explain that. There's no DQ. No, I know, but it's like you don't get DQ'd for that. But to have a tap out, you have to drag them back off the ropes. And and I don't know. Don't know. I think that I think that should be a thing. I think a rope break with a submission does make it more. Dr- so if you, if you're talking about dr- drama, I think it's easy. Just saying, no DQ match for it to be a submission, it can't be in the ropes. You can't. You, you know, you can use the ropes to attack your opponent. You can't. They they don't have to that necessarily break it up. No, perhaps not. But I think that that drama of kind of you think of like a sharpshooter on ankle lock, that person crawling over to the ropes is worthwhile keeping that in for dramatic effects yeah. in no DQ. And then yeah. also what that does is if the person has to adjust to drag them back out again, that gives a, a, a way that the person that's in the move can get out of it, but also protect the move because they couldn't get out of it while they were in it, if that makes sense. So I do yeah. think there's a I think I think that rope I think they should say in no DQs that actually you can't. You can keep it on. The ref can't do anything about it. But if they're touching the ropes, if they submit, it doesn't count. They have to be outside the ropes. Yeah, that's the way okay. I think you you sort that that out, basically. Um, you said you didn't really a fan of Ronnie Garvin, yet he was compared to Rocky Marciano and Joe Frazier. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> true, Big true praise. I wonder if they, I wonder if they, like, you know, people have ever compared them to him. I wouldn't have thought so. No. No. Um, that that Garvin hits the top rope splash doesn't win. He literally smashes Flair pillar to post. He smashes his head, gets his head smashed against the cage at once, and he loses. <laughs> he was so unlucky. Yeah. Let's be honest. <laughs> he battered him, and it caught his head once out. Um, yeah, so I was just a bit disappointed with it, really. But I think I was overexcited about the previous matches. Yeah, so I just had it as it's okay. 
Okay. As for this show overall, I thought this completely flew by and there were very few objectively bad things on there. Uh, with a couple of recommends, I'm going five and a half out of 10 for Starcade 987. So what are your final thoughts on this show and your rating out of 10? Um, obviously, I, I think we can tell I enjoyed it more. I was about seven yeah. out of 10. Yeah, and okay. I think that's fair, yeah. But you've given the reason I've given it. It flew by. Yeah, it did. When they were saying about how many minutes had gone in each match, I had not noticed that. Yeah. Like, when they were like 10 minutes has gone, I was like, I was checking my uh, what I was watching. And I was like, God, 10 actually has gone. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. They filled the gaps well. Yeah. With the little interviews here and there. I did I don't know if you noticed, but right at the start, they went to Missy Hyatt. They just went to her. She just said, Hello, I'm here. <laughs> yeah. She did nothing else. No. She didn't do anything else. They flew her in for that. Yeah. Yeah, they flew her in. She just said, Hi guys, I'll be reporting from backstage. They never went to her. But but that's 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 this that's this promotion in a nutshell. Private jets here, every like money, like just just ridiculous. Like that's ridiculous. insane, isn't it? Yeah. Like if you're getting her in, yeah. get her to do something. Yeah, but they filled the gaps well. The matches, it was quite actually amusing in the end. But like someone would win, and the next match was unless they had to move stuff. Boom. Yeah. I also thought as well. I think it's worth noting that you don't often see it done. It went cage match to cage match. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. However, what I would say with that is, if you view it a bit like a double main event, cage matches then were rare. So to have two on the same card, I, I think it's okay. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's like we say now, like now. Ladder match is just on a, a house show. Yeah, a cage match is not a big thing. Like that, like so, you know. Whereas that, it's like, do you know what? We want to make this a really big event. Let's have two cage matches. Like I actually didn't see that would not that would annoy me in modern day. Two cage matches and a scaffold match would annoy modern day would annoy you, wouldn't it? Right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, you're a bit like, a bit like you're running out of ideas. It's a bit like to me, it's a bit like how have you war games? Like, well, TNA used to do an all cage match pay per view. Yeah. Every match is a cage match, yeah. It's not what it goes, isn't it? It's yeah. not fun. It's yeah. not. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed it and it flew by and I was really happy. Um I, I was like, this is a good this is a good this is a good end to this month in wrestling history, I thought. Yeah, you know, we've had some absolute Yeah, we have some howlers. Back. Yeah, we have had a mixed back. This, this was a solid <laughs> end. We, I can't complain. I no, can't. I really enjoyed watching. Do you know what? I'm changing my rating. I'm going six out of ten for Starcade '87 yes. because you're right. It was better than that. I think six is a, in a positive category. There's a couple of finishes that I would have liked to a, a bit different. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Right, that is it for the first of our twelve specials. Uh, I hope you've had a wonderful Christmas day whenever you've listened to this. Um, thank you for listening and your continued support. I'm going to play out now a the Christmas Christmas number one from 1987. Now. You'd think this would be a Christmas song, wouldn't you? But it's not. It's the Pet Shop Boys version of Always On My Mind, which is probably about as, as little Christmas as you could possibly get. But a bit of a tune, perhaps, I would say, I think. Very 80s. So, right. Stay tuned to our social media for the next, uh, this, well, what am I talking about? The next day of Pro Wrestling Moments tomorrow, Boxing Day. And we shall speak to you all again very, very soon.
going there. But I like it here, wherever it is. I don't know how I'm going to get 